If you have a story to share, tell us, how are you going to leave your mark? All right, today on Leave Your Mark's guest is Sunil Gatsi. He is a master of intuition. He's been studying it for more than three decades. He's a special guest in that we like the reference on Leave Your Mark, the faculties of your mind. And I want to review them with you real quick now. It would be your consciousness, your perception, your judgment, your language, your imagination, your reasoning, and memory. He is going to enlighten us as to how your intuition works, how we benefit from it, and how we need to pay attention to it as a, a guiding system in our life for our decision-making. Hi there, and welcome. Now it's time for America's, America's favorite, podcast. favorite podcast. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fly, loose fit it. It's Cortez. If freeze and chubbies in it. It's Cortez. Leave your mark. It's about inspiring the world. One guess at a time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb. It's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez. With no further ado, I would like to bring on Sunil. I would like for you to start your story when you're a younger man and you decided to take on the study of intuition. So the, the actual, actually diving into intuition started right after I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And from that, the premise of that book was really about if entrepreneurs and business people were able to learn from the others' lessons of failure or learn from the lessons from the failure of others, then conceptually or theoretically, they should be able to succeed faster. And when a lot of people, some of the entrepreneurs in this, the events that I went to asked me, they would ask me like, okay, Sunil, give me one thing. One thing that's going to make me succeed. And, and for me, it was like, okay, oh my God. So that's why I've interviewed 300 people. There's 75 stories in the book. That's why the book is like 400 pages until I went back to the audio recordings. And when I went back to the audio recordings, it was really uncanny. The 80 to 90% of them were using some form of, I knew what the right decision was. I ignored it. I should have trusted my gut. It was all these type of language. And there's such a commonality between what these people were saying. And that got me thinking about, okay, wow, what is this thing called intuition? that all these executives and the entrepreneurs are, are really ignoring. So I look back to the time when I when I first had my sort of brush with intuition. That was when I was five years old. And I remember when I was five, there was these video games I wanted my dad to buy. And he was saying, sorry, son, they're too expensive. And there was this distinct voice that told me that you need to go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I went door to door and I raised $200. $100 went to my dad. And the other $100 went to charity, which I really felt good about. And so that was when I trusted intuition, but there were three distinct areas where I ignored my intuition. The first was in my career. Uh, if you look at uh, me, I'm a South Asian male. So there's four doors that you can kind of go through from a career perspective. And that's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And that's it. And so I picked door number three, uh, got into engineering, and I hated it. And all the while, my intuition was telling me that I needed to be an entrepreneur. I mean, if you look at what happened when I was in five when I was selling suits, making good sales and marketing decisions, I was an entrepreneur at heart. And in my second of three years in engineering, I got a chance to be a private investor with a Mexican restaurant that we brought up to Canada. And I was soon making five times more in dividends there than I was as an engineer. And so my third year of engineering, I quit. I sacrificed my relationship with my dad. That was absolutely necessary if I wanted to trust my intuition. And then I started a number of businesses, earned about 20 million in revenues from wholesale clothing, retail clothing, pop-up events, entertainment company. And it was amazing. I just loved it. And then I ended up becoming a management consultant. And then there was this huge contract in Silicon Valley. And I really was enamored by the, the, the dollar signs. But the contract terms were really changing. And so my intuition at the time was, well, at that time, I knew it was the something was telling me to back off. 
And I didn't. I was so emotionally invested. I spent every penny going down there and the company didn't pay me. And I came back up to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account and I had to rebuild my savings. I was about to be married in two years. My wife was phoning me saying she was overseas, thank goodness at the time. How's it going, honey? And you know, uh, I'm saying, that's oh, great. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, where am I going to sleep that night? And the, and the last incident was, was when I was in engineering. I was doing personal coaching at the time. And one of my friends reached out to me to say, look, Sunil, I, she was being stalked at the time. And she really needs some advice on how to get out of that situation. And so she was saying, I need to meet you right away. Again, this something told me to meet with her that afternoon. And I had nothing on my schedule that afternoon. But for some weird reason, I said, let's meet a couple of days later. And that same fellow walked up to her to, in a bus shelter and shot and killed her, put a bullet through her, through her head. Ooh. And uh, and I'm thinking, oh my God! So now I'm really thinking, okay, why did I ignore intuition? And what is it? That, what are these somethings? Like I was really intrigued. Now me being sort of these somethings, I I, I kind of think of intuition as sort of this art and science to it. And if I really want, kind of wanted to write a book about it, then you know who's going to really listen to me? A lot of the research at that time is very spiritual in nature, which is fine. I mean, if you think it come, these signals come from God or what have you. That's absolutely fine because intuition, it hits the amygdala, which is your the primitive part of the brain. There's no language around it. It's really kind of how you define it. That's really important. And that's what I learned after I did some interviews. So I'm thinking there's this art and science to it. I get the art part, but there's got to be research to this. I mean, I don't see it if I go online. And so I went into the academic research and lo and behold, there's tens of thousands of articles on this stuff. It's showing what the brain scans, MRIs. Uh, there, there was some study that showed that infants as young as two months old have shown to have intuitive capabilities. At that time, intuition was, was uh, said to be happening seven to 10 seconds before you actually uh, make a decision or take an action. And research, I'm told now, neuroscience research with better methodologies, research methodologies, are showing that as early as 23 seconds before we actually make a decision or take action. So all this research is there. And now I've got the basis for some studies. And so all of that is in my book, Gut. And then the next thing I wanted to do is, okay, who do I know that can also kind of confirm this from a, a research perspective? And so in my social sphere, I had a neurologist. And so I went to him, I went to the hospital he was practicing at, and I set up the camera and uh, put on the microphone. I said, okay, Michelle, uh, turning it on, does intuition exist? And I'm just kind of waiting. What is he going to say? And the first thing he says, oh, it absolutely exists. And he goes on to a scientific explanation. And he also is saying that research is getting better and better at explaining that intuition actually acts way much earlier than we think and how he uses it with his patients. When they feel something is wrong, he absolutely believes them. And he, used to, he has to use evidence-based medicine to figure out what what uh, what's wrong. And this is a, now, I mean, he's 20 years as a neurologist. He knows what he's talking about. You said that it struck you at five years old. You couldn't share this information that you were going to be an entrepreneur with your father because you knew dad's rules were different. I, yes. I think that's rather interesting because the, that idea of having support from your core people becomes very important. The first time you're an entrepreneur, you're lathered up in it. You're loving it. And my curiosity is this with intuition, because culturally speaking, we get intuition as in the movies or TV where we get the good angel and the bad angel kind of thing that at least ignites the conversation in our head that somebody's talking to us. Right. So then in your religious aspects of it is this, well, who's talking to you? And is it a credible voice? Is it a good voice? Are you okay with that? 
in this case, you had in three distinct intervals in your life in your younger days that this voice was talking to you and you were following it at times and not knowing it in your youth, youth, but now as an entrepreneur, you're following. So as humans, I get you were taking in the information. You're saying 23 to 30 seconds to actually make that intuitive decision. So I mean, it's scientifically measured out. How would somebody know that the voice in their head is their intuitive voice? And at what point do you come in like, well, that was an intuitive feeling because of... So a lot of the research that I looked at was when I had these somethings, you know, these somethings were all different. So one I could have as a voice. The other one was something in my gut. It was inconsistent. If it was a voice, then I say, okay, intuition is a voice. And then let's interview. And I've interviewed over a thousand people. And now I'm finding out that there's a whole bunch of different signals that are very unique to each one of us. For example, we have a basket of positive signals and we have a basket of negative signals. And because your experiences are unique than mine and how you process that, and don't forget, intuition also comes from primitive part of the brain. So us even putting language around it is how we kind of conceptualize it. For me, for example, my positive signals are very common to some, which are like the dots connecting there's a flow. Some of the interviewees even talk about a pull. Some even say it's just annoying. And then if we look at negative signals, this is where it's just not right. Like there's a hurdle or I'm trying to force push dots to connect. And I could recognize, well, I'm trying to force that thought through. It's not as easy to make that. It's not flowing for me. And so some of the other people that I've talked to, they talk about the negative things being, you know, again, the hairs in the back of the neck. Some people see an omen, doesn't know, no, there's no shape texture, color, just knows that it's there. And it happens when they're making a bad decision. And I had one entrepreneur that actually, when I was interviewing him, he said, I, I don't know what these signals are. And then when we kept talking about his failures in the ventures that he got into, he kept grabbing his left earlobe. And then it struck him. He said, Sunil, I just think I found a signal because I remember now when I got into those uh, ventures, my left earlobe got hot. And when I was talking to my wife oh, wow. about these things, my left earlobe got hot. So those are signals I get. I don't see orbs. I don't see omens, but other people do. So about it, the, what is in the gut? How's that talk to you? Because I think culturally speaking, intuition was called a gut feeling. They clinically took the label off of it and made it sort of common folk to kind of get it. Yeah. And Michelle, the neurologist, Michelle Rathbone talks about that because there's a lot of neurons going in, in the gut area and there's a lot more apparently than the brain. And so it's thought to be that we get that feeling because that's where your first sensation really kind of goes is the gut area. My contention is that, okay, the intuition actually acts very subtle in nature. And especially when you are ignoring it, these are almost like little whispers, like something's off. And then it gets louder and it sometimes changes. And when it changes, as some people attribute like a car crash or uh, headaches or just about to kill themselves as the ultimate negative signal, like people just stopping them being that, that that's the ultimate negative signal. Where we have to be careful when we use things like gut and voice because these are very common terms and uh, certainly they've been common in society. This is where the uniqueness of the signals come in because a gut signal, let's say you and I have talking about the same signal. And let's say we have that gut signal, which is a bad signal. For you, that could mean that it's the first signal in the decision. And that's wonderful. Like if you get that gut and you know it's a negative signal, then you're not gonna make that decision. But for me, if that gut signal is decision number three, then I've recognized gut. But what it's also telling me is I haven't recognized the first two signals because they were subtle in nature and I just weren't paying attention. And so that means that if I've missed two signals, I've made two bad decisions. If I've made two bad decisions, that could be, you know, I me mean, just walking into a door with a stubbed toe possibly, 
or I'm headed towards bankruptcy. So I don't know the veracity of the decisions that I made. I just know that I've missed a couple of decisions. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. So the way I'm interpreting this is, is that it's really a vibration of some sort yep. that is being made known to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a voice or a language. It, it holds an energy. Yes. And so Absolutely. this energy, whether it's the ear or the belly or whatever's going on with you, unless like you just described an obvious one, it was like a strike three. So the third yes. time you got it, how as we just really tapping into this, some people never really knowing of this or they've heard of this and paid no attention. How would you tell somebody out there that if they wanted to learn how to tap into, like, what are the first steps to recognize that subtle first signal? How does that go down? Yeah. So the first thing that happens and your listeners and, and those watching can do it today. Uh, and, and essentially what they do is they reflect back to the decisions you made in the past, both good and bad. When you've made a good decision, what's the story around that? So take it back and replay it to the time that you first made that decision. What what did you feel at the moment? Like, what was that signal? And then when you look at all the good decisions that you have, and you're consistently going back to that good decision and playing it over and over again, because that good decision, again, could be decision number three. So you need the first two positive signals as well. So the more time you spend on those, then you get a basket or an inventory of positive signals. And you do the same for negative signals. And then once you have the inventory of positive and negative signals, now you know that the next decision that you make is one, it's a positive signal, then you take the decision. If it's a negative signal, then you're thinking wrong. You got to back off and think about another decision. And so the more time you spend getting these basket of signals, the better that you are able to get the total inventory that you have. And if you happen to make a bad decision, there's one or two things that are happening. One is that you haven't recognized a signal that's there. So you totally missed a negative signal. And so you've made a bad decision, but it's good because you're going to learn from that. You are going to learn about where your intuition communicating with you. So don't think about the bad things that happened in the past in a bad way. These are things that you're going to learn from. The other thing that squashes your signals, and we'll talk about sort of four intuitive hurdles. The one biggest one is fear. And sometimes we fear making a decision or we fall into the ego. What is society telling me? And we ignore those signals and we give the power of our values to other people. So what is their I, I want to interject something there because doing yeah. marketing and I'm involved in that, a lot of the reference point of that is, is the fear of loss is greater than the fear of gain. Yeah. I think in general that we could all reference doing that in our own lives where we become so like uh, white knuckled grabbing on to what we got, the, the bigger picture, what we actually want, or our intuition is telling us to go for, we freeze. But again, though, it's, this is all energy. Your study of energy. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when you get to that fearful moment, like there's always two types of fear. You're going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or you don't trust yourself. And when it comes to that you don't trust yourself, what's happened is the values that you help behold to you aren't strong. Those values are just weak. Something's happened in your past some kind of trauma. And so the values are really solid. And if you don't have solid values, you don't trust yourself, even though it's a positive intuitive signal saying, this is the path that you're meant to be on, you don't trust yourself. And so you miss that opportunity. You are listening to Leave Your Mark with your host, Vince Cortez. Leave Your Mark. Inspiring the world, one guest at a time. 
Let me ask you this, because that sounds like that plays in on confidence. And my feeling on confidence has always been, even from my youth, whether it was academics or sports or job, was really just having a track record of taking action and actually experience or doing what it is you've attempted to do. And then my confidence showed up. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And confidence is also a laggard indicator. So we have to also take okay. a look at leading a laggard indicator, right? So so confidence is that it's a pat on the back saying, yes, in my case, you trusted your intuition and you got better, right? And a lot of companies get into in marketing, right? Your lagging indicators are you know, your cost per acquisition, your CPC, if you want to put it in sort of digital marketing language. Uh, a lot of companies look at profit and loss. And so if it's stagnating, well, that's a laggard indicator. What's happened is you haven't created an intuitive relationship in the business where people feel like they really want to work with you. They trust you. Intuition is also a two-way street in your marketing copy. You can write great copywriting. And I had interviewed AI expert, marketing expert, copy, two copywriting experts. And both have said you need that intuition to be genuine. Because when people can see the copy, then they dive deeper into your relationship with you. If, and if you want to call it a funnel, you can. But it's really a semblance of what, how strengthening that relationship is. If there's a disconnect between the words and the actions or how you deliver or testimonials that you don't believe, then you're gone. And when that happens, then you've lost me as a relationship. And I'm never going to buy from you again because that trust is gone. That's where that intuition is a two-way street. And then the cost of me to bring me back as a customer from a marketing perspective, not only do you have to gain me as a new customer, and if you're looking at marketing statistics, it's six times more expensive to get a new customer than a recurring one. Um, so there's that cost. It's also the cost of pulling me out of a competing product or service that competes with yours. So that's an accelerated cost on a simple math is twice, but it's probably a lot more than that. And so now you have a laggard indicator of marketing spend going south because you're not approaching this from a very intuitive perspective where you really are serving a need and the customer believes that you are. And that's where that two-way part of intuition happens. This is like something, your heartbeat or your breathing, your intuition is working, whether it's in business or it's in an activity or yeah. it's in a relationship. Mm -hmm. How do we begin to actually recognize this? Now we've realized by making that record of our good decisions, our bad decisions in our past, what are the methods that you recommend, say, as fundamentals to move forward as far as somebody beginning to recognize their intuition and, and more than every once in a while, or maybe that one proverbial aha moment that they have, like a muscle, they can train this and become in better communication with it and so forth. Absolutely. One of the things that I take people through is something called the seven day challenge. And that's completely free off my website. Either you can directly go to the seven day challenge or you get the free ebook, which has all this, some of the studies in it. And what that seven day challenge essentially does is it takes your components of intuition that you need to solve a problem. So it's your problem. It's your intuition. It's your signals. And you find a solution. The first thing that you do once you identify what that problem is that you want to solve. And I actually measure intuition on a percentage scale for you at the very start is that you identify the problem and look at what didn't work in the past. And when you focus on what didn't work on the past, those are when you start digging into your negative signals. Negative signals are always louder than the positive ones because they're the ones that are gonna keep tapping you on the shoulder to say, uh-uh, don't ignore me. And so you list as many steps as you can, and then you start bringing up your negative intuitive signals. The next thing you do is go into what I call an intuitive medium. What that is is a place that you can go where you can cut out the noise, you're off social media and you can simply think about what steps you need to take 
and how does it feel? For example, I'll drive long distances in the showers. And in the past couple of weeks, I've woken up at three o'clock in the morning because it's something that I had to get think, thought about from a marketing perspective. I feverishly type it away on my, my smartphone. And then in the morning, I'll tell my team because that's the noise is gone, right? But this is where you really cut out the noise and you think about what steps do you need to take and you evaluate when you're taking that one step, like say step number one, it feels really good. It feels like there's a flow or it feels like there's an opening. Excellent, there's a positive signal. Step number two, oh, hold on. There's a negative signal that's coming up from what I just did in day one. So if there's a negative signal coming up, now you know step two is not what you need to do to take action on that problem. And what then what you do is now you fill out a sheet there and so you know the number of steps that you can take then there's a couple other things that you need to do on top of that. One is surround yourself with those people who are going to help you solve that problem specifically. It could be someone in your inner circle. It could be a mentor somewhere else, but you have to identify that person without any emotion. Don't force a person in there because they're your best friend. Who's going to really solve that problem? And again, think of it from an intuitive perspective. If you're emotionally involved, let's say my best friend is George and I somehow want to bring him in because he's my best friend. Well, I'm going to have a negative signal saying, uh-uh, you can't force this person there. He's not going to be able to help you. You need Sally. And so when I think about Sally, she says, yeah, she's got the expertise. She knows this. So even logically, your intuition already knows that that person is able to solve that problem. Then you look at an environment. So if you have to change an environment, do you have to go somewhere else or do you have to change something in the immediate environment? If you have to for that problem, you don't necessarily have to. And then you take action. All these are driven by those intuitive signals. And the easiest actions, which ones do you take first? Again, driven by a positive signal. If it's a later action, then another negative signal is saying, mm, no, that's got to be a later action. Now, this is kind of interesting because the way you're referencing it, I think it's more possibly going to meditate it and quieting the mind yep. and walking through your procedure. I'm not sure if that would occur exactly because they have a hard time with meditation. Um, would you describe this energy of good or bad possibly in windows of moments? And what I mean by that is like, I don't know, when we're getting out of the car to walk to work and that yep. walk from the car to into work, or we're going to get something to eat for lunch and it's like, oh no, the line is really long. And while you're sitting there in the line, thought strikes you or energy strikes you. So I think in the, all of the distractions in the world, I, that would probably be the tipping point for those to really get in touch with their intuitive versus those who are being consumed by the distraction. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, daydreaming is absolutely a great place to do this. I typically do this. And one of my, my both of my girls actually, uh, they're nine and 14. And what habits? Perfect for daydreams. <laughs> yeah. And, and so one of the habits that we do as parents, when we put them to bed, if we can, every single night, we'll lie down with each one of them and then we'll switch. My wife and I will switch. And what will often happen is I'm so comfortable with them and I'll just go right into daydreaming. And I will start thinking about something that for intuitionology or something in my personal life. And my girls will have to, you know, wave their hand in front. Dad, are you thinking about intuitionology again? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Any of those moments, sometimes like when we were playing a board game one time, like if you look at the art behind us, my 14-year-old daughter, she went to India when we were in India in, in 2018. And she got an intuitive moment there where she wanted to help people with, with disabilities and illnesses through her art. And so for, I told her it's got to come from you, from intuition. Six months later, we're playing a board game. She just stares off at the TV and she whips her head over and says, dad, I'm ready. I had no clue what she was talking about. And I said, ready for what? And she goes, I know how I'm going to do this. Do what? What are you talking about? I know how I'm going to do this with my paintings. 
Do you remember that time we went to India? I said, yes. I'm going to have pop-up events. We're going to have a fundraiser. I'm going to sell my art. We're going to raise some money. And that's how I want to do it. And pop, 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 pop. And I said, wow, okay. Hurry up and write it down. <laughs> well, as soon as she said that, I hopped on and I said, are you sure? Because that's going to come with, now you're going to learn about entrepreneurship and what it means. But this is her purpose now. This is where passion and purpose tie together. Yeah. Passion yeah. is art. But her purpose is really to help those with disabilities feel really good and express themselves through art. Because when she's, she paints, she's in her own world. That's how she deals with her emotions. And what a way to help others with, who may not seem normal, but they are. And let them just express themselves so they can feel special like she does. And so I hopped on. The very next day, we got a federal corporation in Canada. We got the website done, we got the URL, and she was off to the races. A couple of months later, we had the fundraiser. She doubled. She wanted 2500 She wow. raised 5000 She sold her all her originals in one hour on a three-hour event. We even had someone from Scotland FaceTime in to look at her art so that he could purchase oh, That's a, cool. It was amazing. And then she had a pop-up event a couple of months after that. And the one event, the one thing that solidified her purpose was there was a fellow there named Carl who had cerebral palsy. And he had heard about the event. He, he came and he said, Avani, come here. And he said, this is what this event is doing. Watch. And so his left arm is shaking, just shaking. And then he dips his, his brush, puts it on the canvas, and his left arm settles. And he said, this is what this event is doing. My mind is clear. It's great to expand the mind. It really helps my cerebral palsy. Thank you for putting on this event. Wow. Boom. There's the purpose. Wow. The passion, purpose driven by intuition. And now it has just unfolded into something tangible. And she continues to do that. In a year and a half, she's raised over $30,000. You said you had two daughters. How old was yeah. this girl? She's 14. So at 14 years of age, she uh, Yeah, she started at 12. She, at 12, she, she started awesome. to start. Yeah, That's awesome. So the idea of the passion part is why you're going to want to keep coming back for more of this. Or yeah. and to have a higher level of awareness of these energy or feelings that you get good or yes. bad. Yeah. Because that kind of thing is contagious. I know as human beings, I think innately or instinctively, we're looking for what's going to give us that, that rush of that dopamine and those things that trigger excitement and good feelings daily. Yeah. Learning does this. Absolutely. So the idea of paying attention to feeling good about you know information presented to you that requires a decision or your thought to get in touch with ourselves on this level is the way we need to go. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. And, and, mean, the, and the passions can change, right? So it can ebb uh -huh. and flow as her life. So just because she's experienced this heartification, it's called heartification.com. So she's experienced this now. Now she just got accepted into it's called the International Baccalaureate Program. So an advanced education for high school kids. So she may want to become a physician because most of my colleagues are physicians. And so she's inundated by that. And so she loves uh, psychiatry because one of our best friends wow. is a psychiatrist. So this is a passion project, but we don't define her by that. She defines what she wants. Right. And so it ebbs and flows based on her passion. As long as she's trusting her intuition, she knows she feels it. Then she pursues it. And I'm giving them that education, both her and my eight-year-old. And it was interesting. My eight-year-old, even two years ago, she starts talking about intuition. She said, Dad, what does it mean that when you feel something? She didn't get it, right? Did you ever have an instance where you felt that you needed to tell someone something or you had to move away? But she said, no, no, Dad, I have one example of that. I said, okay, tell me. And so she goes, well, I was actually in line to see Santa Claus. And I said, oh, okay, I'm not sure where this is going. And I sat on his lap. And he started asking me questions like, what do you want for Christmas? And what's your name? And dad, I'm telling you, his breath was stinking. 
And she pinches her nose. And then she's then eight. She told, she's eight years old. She, this was when she was five. She points to her temple. And dad, you know, my intuition was telling me to tell him to eat a candy cane. So I said, Santa, would you like to eat a candy cane? Oh, how so funny he is ate, that? He ate the candy cane and then started asking her more questions. And then she, his breath smelled all better. And her, her arms are like oh. windmill. So it's much better. And then she goes, always trust your intuition. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Six years old. Savvy. That's Santa, you breath stinks. Get it together, Santa. You can't run for a fair. That poor guy. I wonder what his intuition was saying. Like, oh my God. I, I should have got some tic tacs. <laughs> She's keeping him in order. That's beautiful. If you have a story to share, tell us. How are you going to leave your mark? Contact us, leave your mark with our host, Vince Cortez. Be our guest. Oh my God, Sanu, I could talk to you all day. Let's take a snapshot at where you're currently at, what you're doing, the courses you got going on, your website, where we can reach out. And Absolutely. Information yeah. <laughs> from you. Yeah. So before anybody dives any deeper into what I'm doing, I've got the free ebook that has all those studies. You've got the free seven day challenge. And now you have a template to make every single decision. If you want to kind of go further with that, what I do is I take that template. And then if you want to go further to see how to apply it in your relationships, in your career and in living a healthy life with a healthy mind, body and spirit, then I have a $99 course that they can take that. And if they want to go a little bit deeper and really get their values aligned so that they don't get affected by the four intuitive hurdles, I have a four-week intensive accelerator program where we actually look in a group coaching program. Everybody works on their own values. And what are they? So if we solidify those values, those four hurdles just cannot affect our intuitive signals. And then that's something I only run two or three times a year. And of course, with Ubni's and her nonprofit, I'm also involved in that too. So, and so and they want to go you deeper. Have books also. Yes, yeah, so there's two books, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, and Gut. They can get that on SunilGutsi.com. You have a blog too also, correct? I do, yeah, I've got a blog. I've okay. got a podcast series. I'm going to get really deep into these different things called signals, the four intuitive hurdles. There's a case studies with these blogs. There's also my channel, the same blogs will be on vlogs. So if you want to see me, when I have a blog or any kind of concept, I'll always pair it with a story so somebody can see how that intuitive component is in action. And earlier today, I just finished a podcast interview with uh, Debbie Montgomery Johnson, who over the course of two years lost over a million dollars to an online scam and how her intuition started early and how she ignored it. These are the type of stories that I bring when you're not listening to the whispers, and they turn into a brick and then to a disaster, as Oprah calls it. Her story maps perfectly to that. So that's kind of how I use the case studies. And because I've got over a thousand people, uh, I've got so many stories to pick from that show all these components and actions. What are your links? What is a link to sign up for these courses? Intuitionology.com. You go right to the seven day challenge. And then from there, you can take the 199 course. It all depends on how everybody is, where they are in their life and how much they're willing to want to invest in themselves. It's very, very important, but at least they get a free template to take with every single decision. And if they want to work with me uh, and they trust me, their intuition is telling them to move ahead and make the investment themselves. I'm here to help. Excellent. Them. Okay. This was very fun. I enjoyed this. Um, Excellent. I'm glad it was you're a really great very enlightening and it kind of makes you think in your own mind a little bit differently about how you're going and making your decisions. I just hope I haven't corrupted everybody. Every time people see Santa in a mall, they're not going to get, oh my God, how's your breath? <laughs>
<laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> no and it's funny because that at six years old i don't think our imagination is any better in our entire life than it is when we're six <laughs> she might be the smartest person in the room <laughs> unbeknownst to us but um no that's i love that story that's great if you have a story to share tell us how are you going to leave your mark how would you like to be remembered? How would you like to leave your mark when people think about you? So the mark that I want to leave in life is to try and change the way that people make decisions. As many people as I can, one person at a time. Because if they start making decisions that are guided by intuition, it's always going to be the right one. And what they're going to find is that they're going to continue to open the doors of opportunity. They're going to continue to live life full of happiness and success in every way possible. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez.